0: callers I'm here with Todd Gungworth and uh, Todd I actually met in 2012 He came and spoke to our business and uh, it was a real honor in fact I have my signed book and copy of lead for God's sake here uh, Todd is a best-selling author speaker and teacher on leadership and cultural development Todd has spent the last decade working with some of the most successful coaches teams business leaders and educators in America his principles have been embraced by countless leaders, including coaches and athletes from championship programs in the NCAA, NBA, MLB, NFL. And stories of profound impact. Todd's message has been featured on ESPN, the magazine ESPN.com, and Bleacher Report and Forbes.com. Todd, welcome. It is such
1: an honor to hear from you again and to see you. How are things going? Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. First and foremost, Dennis, and and uh, it's awesome to be able to to see and talk to you connect to you connect with you again and appreciate the opportunity things are are things have been great have continued to be really uh, never a dull moment in this journey for sure so it's been great
0: well it's always awesome when you, when you see when you go through somebody's bio i mean just try, talking about all the different teams and all the different organizations business colleges all these things it's just such an honor to see how, how do you even fit it on a couple pages is just amazing. So good for you. I'm glad things are really happening. So um, let's get started on, on lead for God's sake uh, to get, you know, I read the book and um, it's very inspirational to me. Um, as you know, you came here, I bought one for all my teams. We were fortunate enough to get autographs and everything. Um, tell me, Todd, what, what's the story behind the story? I mean, that's uh, the, how did you get to the book aspect of things?
1: yeah so so, um, for me, you know, it was really cool and and always in hindsight, hindsight's always twenty twenty obviously you know yeah. we can we can look back on our lives oftentimes, and no matter what we've gone through, um, when we reflect, um, typically we can see those those even the toughest moments that were the equipping moments in our lives and so i I go back and and growing up as a part of a family business. Um, you know, working at a really young age and, and really being a part of the family business, all aspects um, throughout my, you know, probably starting at 10 years old, all the way through my teens. And then, um, and so really developing a passion for the business world early on. Um, and then at the same time, being passionate about sports. So with that, I, I loved all sports, played most sports, but then eventually kind of narrowed in on being from indiana of course narrowed in on basketball right and that was that was kind of my first love and so um fast forward then into the the 90s where you know was kind of a, a crazy decade but i had the opportunity to kind of run parallel in both the business and the sports world i was an assistant college basketball coach during that whole time uh, for a, for an naia school um, being an, an assistant at that level i had to keep my day job so i was still running you know in the in the business world right and so it was crazy because i was about killing myself with hours and different you know my pursuits and things like that but um also you know that time out of necessity more than anything else really drew me into a deep you know almost an obsessive study on the topic of leadership and cultural development like how what is this and how do the great cultures do it what's the secret to these you know to leadership dynamics the most successful ones and because I could apply it in sports and business. Um, I mean, it was just a, it was a tiring, but a great equipping opportunity through the nineties and then into the early two thousands. And then um, I eventually, when I stepped away from sports, also had the opportunity to kind of lead a leadership, cultural development process for a private equity owned company. Okay. So about a 200, $250 million company. And then, um, so I was putting all these philosophies kind of, that I had started to put on paper, practicing them and really developing them out further. And then eventually we were bought by our largest competitor, which was a public company. And so I was able to serve as a senior executive for that team uh, for a few more years, leading up to the time where I really, you know, finally felt called to write this book. Never intended it to be a parable, sure. you know, thought it was gonna be step one, step two, step three. And, you know, fortunately, God had a different plan and yeah. and I was terrible. I could not write the other way. For whatever reason, nothing yeah. came out, yeah. felt called to start over. And when I did that, you know, this story just started pouring out. And and I tell people it was it was amazing because I really didn't have the plot of the characters figured out um at all and until kind of the story just kind of happened in front of me. So it was a really, really cool experience. And then as it gained popularity and just really took off organically uh, it became clear and clear especially as it the, the people that were getting a hold of it and were starting there, to there. reach out and be impacted and opportunities were opened up it became clear and clear that this was not something that i that i could have ever orchestrated on my own so you know, well, god I, really did a cool, cool thing um, through that whole experience so
0: well, i really love the i the, really the, actually, on your on your twitter and all your tweets and whatnot i love it you can just see how God speaks through you for some of the leadership and whatnot. And it's really just awesome. Sometimes, you know, during my work day, it'll pop up on my phone and I'll kind of go and look at it. And it's just, uh, it really, they're very inspirational and and very well focused. So.
1: Well, I really, I, I, and I appreciate that. That's a, that's a great encouragement, Dennis. I really appreciate that because I, um, that's something that for the, for the vast majority, you know, it's kind of an 80, 20 rule, but I really, um, I really feel like we, there's such a deep, deep need for positive truth, you know, Philippians is whatever's true, noble, pure, lovely, praiseworthy, excellent, you know, admirable, all those things. We need more of that in social media. And so I really take it seriously, um, those opportunities to, you know, just be an encouragement to people in some way, shape or form. So um, I appreciate hearing that from you. That's that's an encouragement back to me, to know that somebody out there is uh, is, is feels feels that way also and is encouraged by that.
0: I think it, we're fortunate because that whole mix of, and and that leads to another question. But that whole mix of you know having God with the leadership and sports, three main things in a lot of our lives or have been in a, in a lot of our lives. But the way it intertwines, um, that's you know that's just awesome work that i mean it's to me it's just awesome work so i give you kudos for that so thank you you. um i do have a question when did the light bulb go off between before um leadership and sports because i i have it a lot you know i listened to your story multiple multiple times and i i have that a lot in my business it's funny how sports and leadership how they kind of intertwine and when did it click that a lot of the things that helped me lead as an athlete or as a coach also work in business and all of that. When did that click for you? Was it before the book or?
1: Yeah, you know what? It it really was. And it's interesting you ask that because I can remember probably, it was probably six or seven years into my coaching day, you know, and this would have been mid actually into the later nineties. And, um, I, you know, I mentioned to you that I'd kind of gone on this obsessive journey of really studying leadership, and you know, as I was reading a lot of these leadership books, it was funny because I was reading, you know, co- books that coaches had written, because right. you know whether it was Shostak or back then Rick Pitino, um, you know, a lot, of, Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry. I mean, like uh, there was a lot of great ones, but but seemed like all the coaches mm-hmm. were writing these books because businesses were really really eating that up. Well, for me, here I was, you know, deep into the business world, but I was also in the sports world and for me it was kind of like I just remember one time actually kind of having a little bit of an epiphany like, you know, there's so many parallels, but the business world brings in all of these sports experts, right? You know, coaches, but the sports world at that time anyways was not tapping in to the business world because the same is true. There is just as much, you know, I used to tell people, I mean, like, look, if you got 250,000 employees, which some of these CEOs are responsible for, there's a ton that a team of 15 can learn from. Yeah, absolutely. You got, got, and, and even these football programs have become these big businesses. And so there's a, there's a give and take, there's a mutual benefit from both worlds that one can share with the other. And so, yeah, there's no doubt for me. I mean, my, you know, from 1991 to, th- to 2004 is when I was really in both worlds every day. I mean, I was at work all day, hiring people, firing people, looking at P&Ls and balance sheets, all this other stuff. And then at three o'clock I was going to practice and then you know, meeting with kids, and then recruiting, and then going to games, and that, you know what I mean, like, whatever. Yep. So, um, you know, just through that process over the years, you really, it really did become very, very clear to me that, man, there's parallels that both worlds can benefit and learn from. So, when I'm in the business world, you know, I'm telling all kinds of sports stories. Right. Because I learned, you know, I've been able to learn and Man, when you, when you get to spend time around Clemson football and be around that culture, you there's so much to learn. Same thing with Virginia basketball. You yeah. know, fortunately, both of those teams the last couple of years have had a lot of opportunities to be around not just the coaches but the players and teams, the assistant coaches and things. And Man, there's a lot of great things you can learn. The same time, there's been some businesses, a number of businesses I've been around on the other side. Right. You can – that you can share with the sports teams, like guys, you know, these are things you need to learn if you're gonna, you know, get to the next level. So I, I'm glad you asked me that because Dennis, I just think there's, there's so much value in the parallels on both sides. And, um, you know, we need, we really, we need coaches that, um, that really uh, value that aspect and understand the importance of preparing those kids a lot of coaches understand the importance of par- preparing them for life, mm-hmm. but there really is there really is a shift that takes place. There's a competitiveness, but there's still a shift that takes place when you move into the business world. Yep, we have to we have to do a better job of preparing kids for that. Yep. You know, so tons of value there though.
0: I could I couldn't agree more. I think that you know with that the. The aspect of it really should be from the coach and even the owners. You know, you talk about professional, or you know, all the way down to from the owners to the coaches, all the way down the leadership role there, and then doing it in the business world. There's so many. uh, When people ever ask me how I got good at what I did, all I all I did is I stopped um, watching ESPN for six hours a day when I was in high school, and then once I was in college, and I decided I had to get into the real world. I switched that over and started to study business and finances. <laughs> That's it. My obsession yeah. for ESPN and knowing every basketball player's height, weight, my brother would, would attest to this because it's true. I literally just took that switch and made it a different, uh, yeah. <laughs> a different uh, topic, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Something that, something that would genuinely benefit you. Yep. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah for the next 30 to 40 years, well, and <laughs> <Absolutely>. beyond even.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah.
1: So yeah, there's no doubt, no, that's great, that's great.
0: So now are, are you just uh, teaching leadership, teaching the cultural development, hey, do you ever look back at, to the leadership and, and what you learned back in the past in the private world or is that does that affect it a lot or?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, again, when, um, you know, so right now the main thing and and for a long time, you know, I get asked. I I, I get asked to do obviously a lot of keynotes, sure. and um, you know, come into both businesses and and um, sports teams. But the one thing which which I you know I love to do, um, particularly with the sports teams and even athletic departments at a lot of the colleges I work with, um, I really you know I feel like my call. I tell people from the beginning. Um, when people ask me what I do and I kind of describe, well, I, you know, I teach leadership, I speak on the topic of leadership and culture and, and they go, Oh, you're, you're a motivational speaker. And I'm just like, "Ah," you know, all I can think about is Chris Farley, you know, (laughs) motivational. (laughs) So, so, but, but no, but I, I, you know, the thing I tell them from that is that, you know, my heart is really to be more of a transformational speaker. Um, and not taking away from the power of motivation and the importance of motivation. You need, you need motivation to be transformed. Right. But transformation is something deeper, something longer lasting, something that, that impacts further out. And that's really where my heart is. And so when I go out to, to organizations, you know, my preference is, even though I come out and I'll do, you know, if they read the book, especially I'll come out and I'll talk about leadership and influence and a lot of principles that I think, can apply to anywhere, whether it's faith-based or not. These are principles that are proven over and over again. So I'll do a lot of that, but I really, really love the opportunities when when the organizations give me a chance to, you know, go a little deeper with the employees and really take them through some exercises and, and, you know, some some things to, to hopefully really get them thinking deeper about what really lies at the heart of leadership um how am i impacting others through my leadership and ultimately you know again kind of the heart and soul of the book you know why am i why do i do what i do and why am i here what's my real purpose and am i am i walking in my leadership in aligned with my true purpose in life and you know i think a lot of people are still to this day and especially nowadays is what we're going through people are asking that question yeah why am i here what's my purpose and they're starting to kind of freak out a little bit because it's like oh my gosh In a lot of cases, a lot of people, they've had the rug pulled out, you know, beneath them. And then they think of all these college athletes, as an example, who maybe were thinking, well, my purpose is to play golf or my purpose is to play tennis or baseball. Well, now what? (laughs) Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Now what what do I do here? Yeah. yeah,
1: And, And so my, you know, naturally, I think it's really, really important to help them understand that there's a foundational aspect that's way bigger than, your gifts, your talents, your opportunities, and passions. Yep. And those may be a part of purpose, but there's a foundational aspect that is always going to go back to relationships. And, and so I really like to take folks, um, you know, deeper into that concept and, and help them walk out, I think, with a maybe a little deeper peace than just being motivated.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's And talking about transformation and how the foundation actually works with that transforming process, that's great. Is that, what are, what are most what do you see are most of the topics that you're teaching both sports business and, and how are we teaching our children and whatnot from some of these, the foundation and the principles that you see yeah. right now?
1: So, so, you know, obviously you flowing from leadership. There's always, there's different ways. You can look at it as a hierarchy, power and position status, or you can look at it as more my influence and impact. And right. one way is all about me. The other way is about us, yeah. you know, and, um, so I really, that's, that's a, and, and that's a message that it's, it's universal. Everybody can relate to that. And so, you know, I love to go down that path. I talk a lot about responsibility and, and owning our contributions to problems. I think that's a big problem in society right now. So I think young people, especially, they need to learn it because when they turn the TV on, all they see is the blame game being played. Oh my and, it's, and it's a dangerous, I mean, we're playing a blame, we're playing a very dangerous game with our youth when we, when we teach them to, you know, as soon as you, if you've ever been hurt, if there's ever an issue, if there's anything you're dealing with, the answer is find out who you can blame, get really, really angry and try to get even with them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, that's the exact opposite from a, from a leadership standpoint of what we really should be teaching, which is, you know, what, what's my contribution to the problem. If I really am going to love people, then you can't, unconditionally love people unless you're willing to unconditionally forgive. Yeah. And forgiveness is such a huge, just a huge part of all of our lives. And yeah, we're teaching the masses to get even, get angry, get mad, you know, all these other things, but forgive. Right. But I think those are some really important things I teach about the character and the construction of the heart. You know, the heart of leadership is your character hearts always under construction. And now more than ever, you know, the digital media, Component, and I say I emphasize digital as you know, way beyond social media. And when I say digital media, I'm talking about video games, music, movies, media, yeah, and, and virtually everything else that you know comes through this thing. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting because 10 years ago, and even when I came to see you guys in 2012. There probably wasn't a mention of this right. in, that, in that talk. Nowadays, it's become such a huge thing. When you talk about the construction of the heart, if, if, if your leadership comes from your character, then we need to pay attention to what's constructing our character and our hearts. Well, you know, in the last 10 years, everything's changed. Nothing was more, heavily const- or more significantly constructed in the heart than this. And and again, movies, video games, videos, social media, that's all in there. Yeah. Um and what I try to talk to young and old alike on is, is man, be careful what you're consuming. You know, what we most consume consumes us. Yep. I mean, that's the bottom line. And um so there's I probably take twenty-five to thirty percent of most of my talks now, even whether it's a whether it's a keynote, um, workshop, whatever, but I would say that probably close to 30% is dealing with the effects of digital media, the agenda that is behind all of digital media, because it's always to monetize, desensitize, polarize, and often politicize. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which side you, you land on in terms of the fence, The reality is that's where we can all agree. There's an agenda. Yeah. Every form of digital media wants to suck you in. That's how they make money. Right. They have to, you know, and so fear lies over, you know, sensationalizing and desensitizing, getting fights, polarizing. That's a very, very dangerous game we're playing. And even now, what, you know, the sad thing is we're dealing with a significantly serious situation worldwide. Right and how do we know where to find the truth (laughs) because because the mass i mean 90 plus percent of what is out there has cried wolf yeah they've cried wolf yeah and so you don't know whether it's real or not
0: yeah you You, don't know the extent of it of what and like you said what to believe because media's got the conflict the controversy the fear All those different things going on, so,
1: and and because because truth has become so relative now, and and it's I mean it's just whatever whatever sells whatever draws whatever, so I think it's really important that we communicate and start to educate this next generation. Not you know I'm not trying to indoctrinate them. I, I of course have my own strong strong opinions, as I'm sure you could probably imagine, Dennis. But I'm not, when I'm out there doing that, I'm saying, look, because I'm in public schools, I'm everywhere. I, my thing is, this, I'm not going to tell you how you have to think, but what we need to do is educate young people on, listen, there is an agenda here. Yeah. So you need to start understanding, take the time to understand where the message is coming from, what they want you to believe from their perspective. Right. Then you can choose how much of it you're gonna consume and believe and how much of it you're gonna go, you know what, I don't even wanna hear it because yeah. you're just in stuff. And you, you know,
0: it teach the fundamentals, otherwise they'll be buoyed and influenced so much by the social media and digital aspect of everything that um, totally. it goes back to foundation again, what you said.
1: <laughs> that's,
0: that's right. Wow. Well, I do wanna switch, switch gears a little bit. Um, something that I've heard on a couple different talks that you've given and I really love it. I want you to share it with our audience.
1: Tell us about your six-month filter. Oh yeah, so um, so a while. And it's kind of interesting because I get asked this a lot, especially on this journey. Um, I had kind of a, a couple different rock-bottom experiences. Um, one in particular, right around two thousand two, two thousand three, that I really felt God opened my eyes to the bigger why and relationships and my family and kind of in concentric circles out from there. But but. Um, but also, um, I had been running so hard in trying to climb the ladder in business and sports and everything else like that. And I, I had kind of run myself to a point of phys- physical exhaustion. And so I had some battles with a number of just different physical ailments. And, and there were a couple things when I was actually having a lot of problems with my esophagus. And, and um, so there were a couple times where they were taking pictures, they're doing upper GI and scans and couldn't find anything and and what i share with people is is during that time i remember actually during a couple of different times going in getting the test and then you have to wait for the results right so you gotta drive home you know and and i remember you know i'd go home because that whole ride home i would be thinking to myself what are they gonna find you know what if i get the news,
0: yeah. you
1: know, what if they, what did they tell me I only have six months to live? You know, how would I handle that? And I remember thinking, you know, I would go home after those moments and for those next few days, that would be more in the top of my mind. And I would treat my wife different. And I would be more apt to like, my daughter was little at the time, you know, she'd come in and be like, daddy, she come into my office when it was at home. And she said, daddy, you know, come and tickle me. Well, I don't really feel like it right now. I got to finish this. Right you know, during that time, I'd be like, I'm going to go tickle you, you know, and, and so it really, you know, I went through that a couple different times where I had to wait on the results and get the results back, and, you know, I, I think probably it was the second time where I was just kind of reflecting on, man, why did you change during that time, Todd, and what happened, I feel like God kind of knocked me upside the head, and was like, Todd, you know, you're acting, you're, you're acting like you only have six months to live. You know, what if you get the news? Why don't you act like that all the time? Right. Because none of us, you know, none of us can live like we're going to die tomorrow. Some people will say that. and I'm like, that's impossible. You know I mean? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be doing this interview. I'm not going to be visiting, yeah. you know, doing any speeches. I'm going to be home in my house with my family, my closest, you know, but if I had six months to live, I would go do this event, I would go spend time with this team, and pour into them, and how much richer would that, that experience even be, if I can walk that way, because I go, hey, may, I may not ever see these people again, Wow, this may be the last opportunity that they get exposed to my, the light that's in me, and what I feel I'm supposed to share with them, so I just really, that started to be my kind of my filter for priorities. And people say, how do you decide what events to do, where to go, what to, I really have tried to follow closely with, you know, I've missed a ton of events and really even put myself into some financial struggles um, because I've been like, I'm, I'm gonna go coach my son here and I'm not gonna go do this event. I, it's just the way it is. And You know, I don't have regrets on all those opportunities and all those experiences. Um, You know, so, and you have to, there's a balance there. There's, there's things that you have to, you you know, you really got to go, okay, pray about this and and am I supposed to go to this? But that six month filter is a big time part of how I make my decisions and, and set my priorities, so.
0: I think that's awesome i think i you know that could be a book all on its own right there you know uh teaching people you know how how important your priorities and the good thing about that is is when you discern on that and you pray on it you can you know you can feel good about you know what when's the next time i'm going to be able to coach my son again you don't know yeah Yeah. that's right yeah there's there's always going to be another talk that you can give another you know conference or something you can speak at you know, hopefully anyway, right, yeah, but, right. but you're never going to be in that moment at that time to be able to coach you, that's great, I love that, so. Um, well,
1: I, t- I tell people all the time, and I, you may, you, you might, you might get mad at me for saying this, but I tell people all the time, I'm like, I may not be able to retire till I'm 80, because of that philosophy, right, <laughs> because I'm not, I'm certainly not, um, it's, it's not been like this, I should say, you know, in right. terms of, but, at the same time, you know, my son, he's, he's uh, celebrating his 20th birthday today, and I look back on my life with him, and, you know, something should happen to me tomorrow. I can put my, you know, my, I would put my head, rest my head easy on the pillow knowing that, you know, he knew. And, and same with my daughter who's 16, and I, we have a little boy that we adopted from Haiti that's nine, and I want all those kids. I, I, I feel peace now that they could say that, they would say that. Yeah, that their dad, that their dad uh, kept them front center of the heart. And, and, you know, my wife, too, of course. So That's, that's awesome. Right.
0: That's great, Dave. That's, that's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you want to share that you feel compelled to share with our viewers or anything right now?
1: Man, I think you've gotten the main things out of me. I think, you know, um, just from a, even from a timing standpoint, you know, this interview, we're, we're doing this at, a, at a, just an absolutely crazy time in the world right now. And yeah. leadership's important right now. <laughs> no doubt. And, and really, um, you know, as much as anything else, being able to walk in peace and joy and, and um, in the midst of our circumstances. And I think, you know, now more than ever, this, you know, the, the test of our hearts, where our hearts really are, what our foundation is really on. Um, I mean, it's very, very true. And, and uh, so, you know, I walk through this with a lot of peace. I think we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to be just fine. But uh, it's, it's crazy times and I know a lot of people aren't, they are struggling. So my encouragement would, would just be, you know, to, to really take this time to reflect on what is your true foundation
0: yeah.
1: um, and where, where are you putting your ultimate rest and peace in. And, um, you know, for me, obviously, as I've already shared, my faith is everything. And I, I just don't know what I would do during this time, if I didn't have that ultimate, um, piece and knowing that I I know who's in control, we're going to be just fine, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah,
0: I love that, and and so that's, that's a great piece, and you can, you can take this two different ways right now, that's for sure, yeah, really, you can really, um, come out ahead, you know, if you wanted to lose weight, if you wanted to learn more, if you wanted to, pick up a new talent there's a lot of stuff you can do right now that you may not have had time for before
1: absolutely yeah it's so true so true and i mean it's it's crazy it's um march march was a long month yeah there's, there's no doubt yeah. march was a <laughs> long month i haven't talked to anybody it's like oh my gosh yeah, yeah but, but a lot of it was you know we've had more opportunities to reflect i challenge I just actually did a Zoom call this morning um, with the administration for a, a Power 5 school. And, you know, one of the things I challenged them with is quiet time in the morning. You know, how are you starting your day? Yeah. For me, that's, it's, I protect that time like crazy. Yep. You know, I want that to be, that is, it is a really important time for me to personally, to to be quiet, to pray. Um, to get into the word and, and, and things like that, so I just can 't encourage people enough. I mean, you have that more more people I mean like not everybody but the vast majority they got a little bit more time in the morning right now yeah. if they want yeah, if they really want it and it 's hard to use it to slow down and and just reflect but I think it's so important. I think that's part of what what's maybe we 're being called to as a country so. yeah
0: yeah look at what yeah what message we want to put in and what message we want to take from it and not just taking all garbage maybe taking some positivity and and change that we can really do something different with our lives
1: that's right yeah that's right Totally.
0: So how can how can people get a hold of you todd what's the best way
1: well um Obviously, I mean I'm on you know in the, on the heels of our conversation about social media, you can find Todd Gongwer and Twitter and Instagram, and Twitter's probably where I communicate the most and, and of course Facebook um, there's a couple different there's a lead for God's sake page on Facebook, and then there's also I have a couple of personal ones too so but um, that way, um, you know email is is a, is a, is probably one of the best ways just so that we are not as reliant on the social media platforms that are out there these days. Yeah. Um, so I'm at um, my my company is Cardia Transformation Group. Okay. Um, and it's actually Cardia T is in Todd, G is in Gower. Um, Cardia K-A-R-D-I-A-T-G dot com. It's just Todd at Cardia, I should say. So okay. pretty pretty simple. Uh, but that's a great one, too, if you want to, anybody wants to reach out to me directly. So,
0: Well, thank you very much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah. As always, it's great to talk to you. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, man, it's it was a uh, pleasure talking to you. Appreciate you having me on, and, and I'll wish you all the best, Dennis. Keep doing what you're doing, man.
0: Thank you. You too. And for anybody who hasn't read it yet, pick it up, lead for God's sake. I promise you, you will not be disappointed um please do pick it up and we'll we'll probably put a link underneath this video to where you can get to todd's site and um order some of those so thank you everyone for watching all right thanks todd thanks dennis